Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. 1234 in Edmonton. It is a game night. The Vancouver Canucks. I got to check. This might be the first back-to-back uh, that the Oilers will have hosted a team uh, for all season long, where the team's playing a, a back-to-back game. Now, just looking at, again, Edmonton trying to, for the first time all season, go five games over uh, 500 after their impressive 6-3 victory at Dallas. It was a good win for Edmonton. They needed that. And we'll tell you the guests on the show received gift certificates to Roos, Chris, Brendan Connolly. And the staff at Roos Chris wanted to wish you uh, the happiest of holidays. They are open Tuesday through Sunday from 5 until 10 p.m. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back. Courtesy of Abe's Door Service, where service is their specialty. I bet you there's a few folks out there right now with uh, frozen garage doors. Visit abes.ca. He is amongst the most plugged-in men in the business, though he would never say that because he's a very modest guy, and he's a good sport because he lets Kevin Bieksa pick on him all the time. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, Elliot Friedman. Hello, Elliot. How are you doing? Hey, good, Bob. Does Abe uh, work with uh, house doors? I got a house door. I need some fixing. Yeah, uh, well, it's, uh, I don't know if he's got a Toronto branch, uh, Abe's door service. You'd have to check into that. Uh, okay. But Kinda see if he knows anybody here. Right? In the, gotta, uh, in the uh, by the way, uh, what's going on there? Anybody able to fly in and out of Toronto right now? No, it's it's really um, like where I live, and I live in the city, in the north end of the city. There's not a lot of snow, but it is really windy. So they've uh, I, now I understand it at Pearson today. I think WestJet canceled everything, and if I remember correctly, Air Canada is trying to do international flights, but not domestic flights but i'm not sure how successful they are uh we flew uh the the, the dads were on the trip so uh we went com- yep. we went commercial on this road trip and uh, jack hooked us up and we flew back and we left seattle and the pilot goes all right it's going to be relatively seamless leaving seattle today but we do expect a fair amount of wind when we close in edmonton and i'm thinking to myself all right well i've flown into edmonton over 300 times in my life only once was it ever windy. I'm like, so I text my wife. She's like, it's not windy. So everybody's expecting all this turbulence. And uh, there was none on the flight coming in. Like, I, I was like, like there were, it, it might have wobbled for a second and a half. But there was, Elliot, we had a flight to St. Louis to start the year. And it, on the on the Big Bird, on the A320 with the AC Jets. And I'm telling you right now, for 45 minutes, it was egg beater bad. 
It was oh up, wow oh yeah it was so we we flew right through a storm so it's and for people that fly out there regularly they know how uncomfortable it can be. Um, you ever have any horror stories like that along the way? I mean, there's been some where I've seen that, but uh, the best story I ever heard was there was one time the Devils were coming into Toronto, and a few of those guys told me that you know it was it was really white knuckle. They had a, they had real bad turbulence, and some of the really more nervous flyers uh, were not in a great place. Yeah. Scott Gomez told me they were like um, the old iPods flying around the uh, airplane because they were they got thrown around and they said when they settled and before they landed everybody was like green or yeah, yeah. ill and then somebody looked up and Lou Lamorello hadn't moved the whole time he was just sitting there very calmly yeah. and they were laughing like not even this through him it was I like that story it was a good story end of the 0809 season the one time we had a tough flight coming back because like if you fly in a Lethbridge as an example on a little beachcraft you're going to feel it. We flew in a, I, when I worked uh, uh, doing Font Court and Stats for TSN, we went into Prince George. We hit the mountains just past Edson, or just past Hinton, and it was, it, like, it was bad for everybody. Everybody got sick on the plane. It's what happens on a small plane. But on, yeah. on a bigger plane, end of the season, 08, 09, Edmonton finished up in Calgary. And uh, I know that there were multiple players that it, 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 they were they were not doing very good. Like it was, <laughs> and, and I wondered about guys getting concussions and stuff like that. Like it's just like you go to Disneyland or Disney World if you're from Ontario, you get in those damn tea. You can sit there and do the roller coaster, but you get in the teacups and you start doing the spins. And I know we got people listening right now. They've been there before, and they're they're not doing too good after Elliot. It comes with the territory. No, no. I understand. It's uh, yeah. I, I would say too that the the scariest flight I ever had was a small one. It was a six seat plane from Toronto to Westchester Airport in New York State. That's just outside of Manhattan. Yeah. I, I remember. I felt like it, it was at the time when Allen Iverson was at his prime, and it felt like Iverson dribbling a basketball. And that's what it was like. Yeah. No good at all. All right. Well, you talked about how cool of a cucumber Lou Lamarillo is. We are in the trade freeze right now. There's yep. there's nobody making deals. Are there discussions going on around the league? What do you think? Oh, I, I think that's absolutely happening. I think there are a lot of talks, but, um, you know, maybe everybody will just calm down for a little bit while we're in this. But as you know, Bob, the biggest question is cap space and LTIR. And, you know, Edmonton's in the same uh, in the same boat as a lot of other teams. I think they're trying to figure out, you know, what they could do on the blue line, what they could do with a depth uh, forward. Um, but, you know, you're in a tough spot and you're not the only one. Uh, I think there's a lot of teams out there in that boat. Yeah. All right. Uh, we have the Vancouver Canucks in town tonight, the second of a back-to-back. Uh, they have a guy that's name has been out there. Maybe he's at the top of the proverbial trade deadline day acquisition food chain uh, by the name of uh, Bo Horvat. And then they have a subtler player that's going to, I think, uh, I think they might actually in the end be able to get at least a third rounder for in t- if they decide to trade him in terms of Luke Shen. But uh, this situation in Vancouver, how much, like... Like when the Oilers and people can joke, well, you guys were rebuilding for ten years, but ownership has to approve it. And that, like in Edmonton's case, in February of 2010, Daryl Cates mm-hmm. came on this very program and said, "Let's face it, Bob, we're in, uh, we are now rebuilding." 
uh, and accepting our fate. I'm, I'm not convinced that's necessarily occurred in Vancouver, but you're, you know, you've got pipelines in everywhere. Where, where's your headspace out with this? Well, I don't think they want to do a total teardown. I think that's that's pretty obvious. Um, uh, whether people agree or disagree, that's the choice that the Canucks are making. They don't want to do a total teardown. I, I think what they do want to do, however is I think they do realize that their current group isn't going to get it done, and so what can you do with it? Now, they've signed Miller. They've committed to him. Um, I don't think he's getting moved, but uh, they have indicated that their one untouchable is the guy that put on an incredible performance last night, the the Pedersen flu game, I guess, I guess they're calling it in Vancouver. Now, that doesn't mean that they're they're – getting rid of anyone i don't think they're getting rid of quinn hughes unless the package is unbelievable but i i I just think that they're open to do a lot of things and you know horvat um i i look they they signed uh miller for seven times eight i think they want to do horvat for the similar number whether it's eight times seven or whatever it is and the problem is he's had such a great year that he's kind of put himself above that now there's still time uh, I, I refuse until it's over. I refuse to say it's over, but it isn't trending that well for him. That's for sure, and uh, we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I think there'll be a lot of interest in Shen, um, as you said. I, I they might even be able to do better than that, Bob, depending on how many teams are in it. But you know, we'll see. I think I think there there's some interest in some of their guys, and I, and I still. I, but again, I think it's just a matter of who can make moves now i wanted to ask you what do you think of gavrikov ah i think he's a pretty good player i think the cost would be significant it would be if you look if you look at what they got for david savard they got a first and a third when they traded him yeah and i I gotta think that's what they're asking i hear he's will they get it i I don't know but that's what they're gonna ask i hear he's looking for like four and a half to five million per on an extension I mean that yeah. that would take him probably. He would be a pure rental. And Elliot, I gotta, I, I, you know what? Like, Zub just signed for four point six. Yeah, he's he's and he and he stayed. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's, I mean, that's what you're looking at. And uh, Zub and Gabrikov have the same agent too. You look at what Florida did last year, right? A number one for Sherratt, a number one yep. for Giroux. They traded their number one in the three-way to get five years younger with Kachuk. They don't have a number one for the next three years, and right now they're just not performing. They don't have the same depth that they had. Now, they've got injuries and players out. It's just, yeah, I, I, I hear you on Gavrikov. I think he, makes a, I, he might make more sense than Joel Edmondson, though Edmondson has a year left in his term. Yep. I can tell you there's a lot of Oilers fans that don't want to trade uh, Xavier Borgo in a deal for Joel Edmondson, right? They just don't want to do that. So I understand. Uh, hey. I, think that, I think the biggest challenge you guys have, Bob, is that your window has to be now. Fair comment. And and, and I think that, like, like I, I look at the Oilers, and I understand all the concerns. I, I, I do. Um, I just think that I think your situation is a little different than some other teams because I think your window has to be now. So everybody does. and I th- and I th- and I think that's what's and I, and I think your management weighs that uh, over what it does. I, I, I it's a unique position. It's in, in a lot of ways. It's a good position to be in because you've got McDavid and Drysaddle. And you can make it work. I, I just think what it, what it says is we have to do some things 
that maybe we wouldn't do under some regular situate other situations because we have to do this. So well, I no. got to think you guys are going to do something this year. Oh no, I, I have complete like I'm on. I think Edmonton probably adds a defenseman and a forward. Okay, mm-hmm. I think that's coming. Uh, maybe if further down the proverbial, I'm going to use the term food chain again, maybe not. You know, we're looking at sort of a third, fourth line guy. You know who I've mentioned repeatedly to you, Sam Lafferty. Yeah, he, Sam Lafferty, he, yep. He'd mm-hmm. be a good fit for Edmonton. Just give him a bit of size and uh, pace mm-hmm. and a right shot. And, 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 you know, we just we opened the show discussing the left shot situation because Niemelainen just had his best game of the season against a good team, against Dallas. You know, he's plus four, yep. he played 16 minutes. And I look at Yanni Hockenpah, and you know Edmonton was in on him, and I look at yep. Malinen and wonder, could he be a left-shot guy? All right. Hey, look, you wrote about it, you said it, and I 100% agree with it in your 32 thoughts that became like 21 or 23 thoughts. <laughs> the, I mean, the World Cup was awesome. We got Derek Van Deese coming up. He just got back from Qatar. Uh, oh, nice. Can, can the NHL and the NHLPA get off their you-know-whats and get going here so we can get some best-on-best best hockey? What do you think? Well, I, I can't, I, you know, I can't completely fault them on this. Uh, um, you know, I, I, I know, but I do think the it's a big, big frustration of the players. Look, there was going to be one next year, um, and there's there's a geopolitical situation in Ukraine. Nobody in Edmonton needs uh, me to remind them of it uh, that they are really struggling dealing with. And I, I you know, I, I think they. I don't know if surprised is the right word, but the passion of some of these European countries to not compete at all against Russia. Um, and, you know, seven months after the World Cup of, of hockey is, was supposed to be played, now the U.S. Olympic Committee has supported the International Olympic Committee in saying that the Russian athletes and Belarusian athletes should be allowed back in as long as they don't use the flag or the colors of the name or the anthem. So it's it's a really... It's it's a really challenging, challenging thing for them. But I think, you know, so I'm willing to give them a bit of latitude in that they have to find the proper way to deal with this. The fact is, Bob, they have to come up with another idea. If, if Russia is not going to be able to play, then they have to find something else to do. I think at the, you know, my suggestion is, you know, do you, do you set up small tournaments with Canada versus the U.S., with Sweden versus Finland, with Czech Republic versus Slovakia, anybody else you want, Germany versus Switzerland, you know, anything else you want to do just to get these players in games against each other with their best players. You know, Matt Sundin did an interview uh, in Toronto on the, our radio station here, uh, the fan, and he said that he thinks that the interest in hockey in Sweden has been hurt by the lack of best on best. So this has to change. They, If they can't do a World Cup with Russia, they have to find another way to do it. And, you know, if that means no Russia or that means smaller tournaments, the bottom line is it's it's time to see Crosby and McDavid against Kane and Matthews, and that's it. All right. Uh, you wrote about Andrew Hammond. Uh, one day I'll write a book. All the stuff I knew and I couldn't say. Anyways, tell me about Andrew Hammond and why he ended up getting so much of uh, the copy in your piece today, or beats the other day. Well, well I, I remember a few years ago when Hammond when Hammond was signed by the when, when Hammond was signed by the Senators, and his second year was the big Hamburglar year, where he won I think twenty of twenty three games, and he got points in twenty two of twenty three of them. And Ottawa came from way back, and he was basically the emergency goalie. It was only because guys got hurt. 
And he went on an unbelievable stretch. I think he was 21-2. and two. And there was one of those games, and I remember still working, uh, going up to Ottawa for a game and talking to some of the Senators players and saying, "What was this was a year or two later. And I said, what was the wildest thing about that whole Hamburglar experience? And they told me there was one game, and, and Hammond said it's true, it was in Winnipeg. And he looked at the schedule. They went out to the West Coast. They, put the, they beat all three teams in California, and he played all three games. And then they beat Minnesota, or either beat or lost to Minnesota in a shootout. And the next night, they were going to Winnipeg. And I heard that that night in the warm-up, a couple of the players told me that Hammond was so bad in the warm-up, he couldn't stop a puck. And apparently, some of the players went to the coaches and said, he cannot play tonight. He, we have no chance if Hammond wins. And the coaches were like, he's got to play. Um, you know, he's, he, he, I think they're for, they're, they're backup goalie that night. He said Craig Anderson was supposed to come back from injury that night, but then said he couldn't play. And he said that uh, he didn't find out Anderson couldn't play until he went back to the hotel after the morning skate and he drank a coffee, which he normally wouldn't do if he was playing, so he couldn't get to sleep. And he, he did say, yes, I was awful in the warm-up. I couldn't stop a puck. He called it the worst warm-up of his career. And he said that Kyle Turris came up to him in the hallway and said, Andrew, if you can't play, we'll we'll live with it. Like, you don't have to play if you can't. He said, that's how bad I was. And he said, he grabbed, he said I'm got, I've got it. He said I, he drank a Red Bull. He said he made one big save early. The Jets got a big chance early, and he made the save. And that got him going, and uh, he won the game that night. But even the Ottawa players looked back and laughed at that. He, Hammond had some great stories. He really did. But, I, I, you know, he was a total long shot, um, never drafted, uh, you know, played pro for eight years, nine years. He got an ankle injury last year and just couldn't recover. But that guy made a heck of a career out of nothing. Really good guy to talk to, too. Well, interesting uh, storyline, to say the least. Hey, uh, 84-game schedule, is that a possibility? Uh, it's going to be – I understand it's going to be discussed at the GM meetings in uh, in March. Um, I, I think it comes because of your schedule with Calgary this year. Also, yesterday was the last time the Rangers and the Islanders will meet this year. And I hadn't been aware of this, but someone sent me something from Kevin Kurz, who covers the Islanders from the Athletic. That apparently there was a scrum with Lou Lamorello while they were on their road trip. And Lamorello spoke very passionately about the need for more rivalry games. Now, I'm not a math guy, Bob, but someone said to me that 32 works, like 30 worked into 82, but 32 doesn't. 84 works better. So there is a proposal out there to increase the season to 84 games, drop the number of exhibition games, and that gives you a matrix you can use for four games against every team in your own division. Now, I will say this, Bob, on Twitter, and Twitter is not representative of the real world, but there's been more pushback than normal from fans on this idea when I wrote and talked about it. They don't like the idea of more games. They like less. Uh, So I thought that was interesting, but... Um, I, I don't know if last games in the regular season is a possibility, although the NBA is considering it. We'll see where this all goes. Elliot, I'm just going to throw one more your way just to wrap up, just to have a little bit of fun. Sure. Tyler sure. Bertuzzi, pending yeah. UFA, Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. It's been an interesting last couple of years. 
What do you think happens there with Detroit? I, I think he gets moved. The problem is he, he's he's uh, had trouble staying healthy, right? Yes. Like there's a lo- there's a lot of teams that like this player. Like a couple of years ago, the Leafs really liked that player, uh, but he wasn't healthy, right? Um, so also, like, so I, I just think it's a big it's it's a big challenge with him. I mean, it's the same thing we're seeing with Chikrin right now. I think there's a lot of people who really like the way Chikrin's playing. They're just so nervous about it because he hasn't been healthy. And I think now in this day and age, with the cap so tight, uh, can a player stay healthy? That's a big, big thing that teams look at when they're acquiring. Elliot, great stuff. Happy holidays. I would like to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and Happy New Year to all the great fans of the Stauffer Show in Edmonton and the great hockey fans in Edmonton. Are you? Are we working next Friday, Bob? Or are we, we are. Up? I'm in Seattle. We fly to Seattle on Thursday. Brendan found out today he's hosting the show on Thursday because uh, we're cutting into uh, departure time. And uh, the, mm. Oilers, the Oilers have a back-to-back. They get uh, Seattle Thursday or Friday and then fly immediately following the game and got to play the Jets in the second of a back-to-back on Saturday. So if you're up for it, we're up for it. Okay, so I'll speak to you next uh, Friday. But Merry Christmas to all the great hockey fans of Edmonton. There you go. That is Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It is 1254 in Edmonton. When we come back, uh, I think we're going to do it. I think it's going to be time. That's right. It's going to be time. We'll get to game day trivia for St. Albert Source for Sports. This is Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is 12.56 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you in Oilers Now. Still time to sneak in a perfect holiday gift. You can join Oilers Now in Vegas to see the Oilers play their Pacific Division rivals, the Vegas Golden Knights. This new S travel package includes airfare, three nights at the five-star Cosmopolitan Hotel on the Strip. Does he realize I'm on the air? I don't know. Uh, great game tickets and a welcome reception with yours truly for the Oilers Now Hockey Vegas package. Reach out to New West Travel. Visit them at newwesttravel.com. As we go to Oilers Game Day Trivia, it is presented by St. Albert Source for Sports, your hockey headquarters for over 35 years. It's a relatively easy question, sort of. Can you name the two members of the Kelowna Rockets that went in the top 12 of the NHL draft in 2008. The two members of the Kelowna Rockets that went in the top 12 of the 2008 draft 
That's right. Two guys that uh, played for Kelowna ended up going to the top 12 of the NHL draft back in 2008. They're both in the game tonight. Text us on the Ashley Fine Flores text line, 780-496-0063, up for grabs of $50 GC. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Derek Van Deest from Post Media when we return on Oilers Now.